0: As most of you know, learning to program opens doors. It takes everyday people and turns them into creators. Once you know programming and Python, you've passed through a door to a place with much more opportunity. Now consider the impact this could have if you grew up in an environment with less opportunity, with fewer people you knew leading the way into software careers. Today you'll meet Sean Valentine and Landon Miller helping run an amazing project and Muhammad Abdullah and Malik Poole who graduated from this project. It's called The Hidden Genius Project, and it helps young black men become developers and entrepreneurs. This is Talk Python to Me, episode 114, recorded live at PyCon 2017 in Portland, Oregon, on May 20th, 2017 i'm a developer
1: in many senses of the word because
2: i make these applications but i also use these verbs to make this music i construct it line by line just like when i'm coding another software design in both cases it's about design patterns anyone can get the job done it's the execution that matters
1: i have many interests sometimes
0: welcome to talk python to me a weekly podcast on python the language the libraries the ecosystem and the personalities This is your host, Michael Kennedy. Follow me on Twitter where I'm at mkennedy. Keep up with the show and listen to past episodes at talkpython.fm and follow the show on Twitter via at TalkPython. This episode is brought to you by Intel and Hired. Please check out what they have to offer during their segments as it really helps support the show. Welcome to TalkPython. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you guys. It's always wonderful to see people who have relatively fresh eyes looking at technology and programming and all the stuff that, you know, goes on at these types of conferences in this, this ecosystem and just hear how how it's working for you as relatively new people into programming. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. Malik, let's start with you. Like, how, how did you get interested in programming and, and get into this project that we're going to talk about?
3: I guess it really started off when I was kind of um, young. I I knew I wanted to be an engineer from like a really young age because I just... Loved messing with crap. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, um, I've broken and occasionally fixed a couple remotes, like, when I was really little and stuff. And that's actually how I got involved with um, Nesby, which is another program, the National Society of Black Engineers. And, you know, we always had these robotics competitions. And there were, of course, different jobs for building the robot or handling the wires and stuff. And my favorite part to do was the computer sequences, right, to determine what the robot was going to do. And um, that's where I first found out that I really liked doing, you know, computer science and stuff like that. And from there, I heard about the Hidden Genius Project, and I just
0: jumped into it. That's a really inspiring story. That's awesome. Mohammed, how about yourself?
4: I would say for me, in, in high school year, I was part of the computer academy. And through that, we learned front-end programming languages. And I really got interested in that. But I would say the major... Focused And when I really got into computer science is when I joined the Hidden Dreams Project, being able to build your own software through that program and connect with other companies. So that I think that really gave me the interest into going into the computer science.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know how it was for you guys growing up. I was never super into math and science and engineering when I was in high school. Once I got to college, I really, really loved it and went, all in on it but programming always seemed like this thing that is like super smart people do that that's not really a thing for me when I was younger do you feel like this whole experience has kind of made it like a little more hey I can totally do this like this is a world that I I fit in and I'm excited to be part of definitely yeah
3: yeah the whole hidden genius experience and of course coming here to PyCon and everything yeah definitely feel like this is something I can dive into
4: yeah that's awesome how about you Mohammed? I would say as far as looking into the computer science you know field into that field not a lot of representative diversity not a lot of diversified people in that field so i think being able to work with the hidden genius project and code for girls a lot of these programs that aim to bring diversity into the field i think that's been really the major focus in today's era
0: yeah and i think that's really great you know it's in this community we have a long ways to go yeah but there are some steps that are being made like so for example I think five years ago, 10 years i do not know sure, the number of speakers who were women, there was like 1%. Last year, I think it was 40%. There's a big move in this community to really be welcoming, and I, I think this Hidden Genius Project is just awesome. Have you guys got a chance to meet the Django Girls over there? No, actually. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a special outreach group for women in programming. Obviously a different group, but similar challenges that it's highly underrepresented, so Awesome. All right, Landon, let me ask you a, a little bit of a, a couple of questions about this project. Like, what's your involvement in Hidden Genius? Well, me personally, I'm a site coordinator.
1: I'm also a, an educator, so I work with the students, educating them and in site coordinating, making sure that we get everything done that we need so that we can continue to grow and expand as we continue to move on.
0: That's awesome. So this is primarily a uh, high school oriented thing. You more or less got to be some stage in your high school career to, to join this project. Yes, correct. Right. How did it get started, I guess? Let's, let's start there. Like what's, It's four or five years old, you guys said? Yeah, so we are, we're in our fifth year in uh, Oakland, California.
1: And we're actually now developing, uh, starting our first year in Richmond, California. So our first
0: expansion. Oh, how exciting. What was the motivation to get started? Just, we got to do something this is this is not right, that this, there's this underrepresentation, And, like, why are these guys not going, this is what I should be doing, this is amazing, right? Like...
1: Even bigger than that. One of the things dealing with young youth, especially African-American boys, is this stigma that's been dropped on us that you have to work twice as hard for half the recognition and when you look at the computer science field this is really the field where your work can actually speak for you first before your name is seen before your face is seen your work is normally seen and so this was an avenue where we could actually show the creativity the value and how much we actually can touch our communities firsthand and let our work speak for us that's really one of the more stronger motivational factors is being able to expose this this lane, this avenue to these students and to our geniuses uh, so that not only can they move forward in a career if they choose to in this path, but also know how to advocate for themselves in entrepreneurship.
0: That's such a great message. I really think we still have a long ways to go for this to be purely a meritocracy. It's just what you do speaks for you because obviously what you get exposed to growing up, if, your best friend's dad's a programmer like it's really it seems really sort of like oh he does it i can do it whatever but there is a lot a lot more meritocracy here it's a lot more hey i put this open source project up it seemed really cool people checked it out and maybe they don't know anything about you and a lot of your work does speak for you and i think that's really interesting that you guys are Identifying that basically as an avenue.
1: And I have to quote our programs director. You know, tech is wherever you're at. Yeah. And so a lot of people look at the demographics of living in a certain way, but you don't have to necessarily be in Silicon Valley. You can be right where we're at and actually operate yourself with the Internet and with the, whether it's building apps and building connections, showing these geniuses how they can actually be where they're at and they can actually be a reality right where they stand, and they don't have to be a part of a certain society, a certain community, or be of a certain stature to actually have an impact.
0: That's so true, and I think communities like Python, where the primarily the tools here are free. Python is free and open source. You don't buy a thing to use it. You just, if you have a computer and you have the internet, you have this thing that you need, right? So it's I guess the barrier to entry is pretty low, right? There's not like you got to pay a thousand dollars for some fancy editor that's going to make it challenging. So, it,
1: and that's the thing—you actually have to know that because regardless, of it there are thousand-dollar programs out there <laughs> that people will sell, thinking that that's what you need. But when we give the knowledge and we give the tools to these souls to see that they can go out and what we call fishing. Or you can go out and fish for yourself and find these avenues that you don't have to necessarily be a part of these $1,000 and two and $10,000 programs to actually get the job done.
0: I think that's really awesome. It's really awesome. So tell me a little bit about the entrepreneurship side as well. I think the tech is super empowering, but there's also this entrepreneurship side, you say?
1: Yeah, so the entrepreneurship side is allowing the students, the geniuses to actually be able to advocate for themselves in business. And not only using tech for somebody else's need, but to also be able to control what they do. So to not to just operate as an employee, but to actually be able to advocate for themselves and operate as a business with tech instead
0: of just being an employee. Yeah, that's really awesome. One of my favorite quotes is, if you don't build your dreams, someone will hire you to build theirs. I think you're giving them the power to build their dreams, and I think that's really amazing. And so... Super cool, super cool. Let's switch it back to the alumni, Malik. Let's start with you. Let's let's start by talking about your experience going through this program. You're about to wrap up your year-long program, right? Yeah, actually, I'm already an alumni. I graduated last summer. Okay, so you just graduated. All right. Uh, so tell me, how does it work? It's a year-long program at your high school, right? No, it's
3: you have After to be in high school. It's not at. It's a it's a two-year intensive program. It starts during the summer. We have six weeks during the summer. Or Seven weeks. Yeah, so there's like an intense kickoff, like let's just all get
0: together and really learn this. Right. And then you kind of carry it on throughout the year. Right,
3: right. So, yeah, Monday through Thursday is like just the normal programming, really, where it's, you know, we have our coding classes, then we have our entrepreneurship classes, then we have a portion of the day called leadership, which is more or less basically a space for us to just talk about life in general. Really. And, um, also to try and develop and correlate these, like, leadership skills and also the things that we'll need to just be successful in life in general. Uh huh. And so that's Monday through Thursday. And on Friday during the summer, we'll take trips, field trips to actual tech companies within the Bay Area. We visited Google, Facebook. We visited Square,
0: all that. So. Yeah, you guys are yeah. right in the right location. Yeah, work, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Kansas yeah. City. There were not so many uh, tech yeah. companies to go see. I could have gone visit the newspaper, I guess, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, not the same.
3: Yeah. After the end of the summer program, it starts up again in like September. And Wednesdays, we meet up at a uh, Claremont Middle School, which is also out in Oakland. That's when we basically have the same little programming that we had during the summer. You know, Monday through Friday and all that. But on Wednesdays, we'll have like short programming. Times, and we'll just keep doing the same thing after school on Wednesdays that we did during the summer. And on Saturdays, we'll have like every month, the first Saturday of the month, I think, we'll have like even larger meetings, like back at um, the Glover Center where Hidden Genius is based from. Okay. And so that goes through the school year after your first summer. And then during your second summer, it's more or less the same thing, except you're more independent your second summer, really. It's more about developing your own personal project. Whatever app you decided to create in Hidden Genius, that's your time
0: to actually start working on that app. And so you guys have um, different technologies that you cover. I know you did Python some of the time, but also you said uh, JavaScript. Yeah,
3: JavaScript, Q- Python. We did C++, Ruby. And, you know, yeah, we just, um, yeah, we actually started off in a program called Scratch. Yeah, okay. Right? Sure. Which is um, basically just like your basic, you drag and drop <laughs> block stuff. This is, like, little animation stuff. We, like, made, like, little games and stuff. But that was basically just to get the algorithm part of it. Right. Right? That's one thing one of our mentors, um, Bob O'Lemon, always says is that we always have to get the algorithm first before we even touch the keyboard. That's a lot of what we focus on at first. And then we focus on each individual language. I think, I don't know about your core, but mine. we started out with HTML and JavaScript. And um, that's how we started out. And then we got into Python. And after that... Ruby and C++. Yeah. What did you think of the different languages? Definitely liked Python and JavaScript the best. I think those are the languages I'm
0: more proficient in. And you got to, uh, C++ at the end where you're like, what is all this? Compiling? Yeah. What yeah. Is so hard
3: yeah. C, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to bring that. We, we tried, <laughs> we, we tried to take a C++ course. That was a different story. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, C++ is a good skill to have. But you shouldn't do it day-to-day, in my opinion. You should pick something like Python or yeah. JavaScript that's more yeah, productive, yeah. right? It'll serve you well, but it's, I know, a painful experience to go through. Very painful experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mohamed, maybe same question to you. Like, maybe tell us what your experience was like and um, going through it. Give us a summary.
4: Yeah, yeah. So I was a part of the cohort, too, like okay. I said. Our first year, the same thing, two-year program, intensive summer work. But for my first year, we focused on programming languages like Python. Python was a major, major focus. HTML, CSS, we worked with APIs with Flask, JSON, and all those, all the ones that connect with yeah, that. Yeah, learned
0: like a lot of back-end web technologies and yeah, stuff like
4: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then throughout that first, you know, year building empathy with our cohort members, being able to connect, have that one closeness, I think that's main focus of the whole program, being able to connect with each other. So the first year, we did that, and then our second year, we built our software. I used Python for as my backend as my major backend. So my app was called Spend Wisely. Okay. Spend Wisely dot today. That's actually, that's so actually it's, it. it's online now. People can yeah, yeah, check yeah. it out. All right, well, we'll, I'll put a it's link an in, the mode, right. it's in the Alpha mode, alpha mode right now. Okay, it's being worked on. The whole goal mm-hmm. of it is to help teenagers buy things based on their interests at the lowest price. I did this because we had a cohort member in our group who would come in every week and we'd buy these shoes for two hundred dollars. I'm like. This guy's wasting his money. Come on, Isaiah. So <laughs> I'm like, so I was like, I'm gonna have to like, you know, build so the thing is we look at the problems that we face mm-hmm. and then try to build solutions for that. So throughout those two years, we've learned a lot of you know intensive programming language.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. I mean your idea for the app came from basically solving the problems you see around you. And I think there's a lot of that in technology, there's a lot of that in the startup space is I see something that's hard for me, so it's probably there's probably a million other people who like would like to solve this problem as well, and maybe I can make a company or a product or something out of it, right? You guys spoke about how a lot of the the goal of the program is like social and like working together and like peer mentoring. Was it surprising you to you to learn that software is kind of a social thing when it? I think the prototypical idea is like you go sit in a, a basement by yourself with a computer, and it, it turns out like There's actually this group effect. I don't know what were your conceptions. Like maybe you didn't think of programming and sitting in the basement. That's how it was when I started.
3: I kind of went in just without any real conception about what really lied lied ahead of me. Yeah, I want to build
0: stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna meet these groups and I'm gonna I'm just gonna totally do it. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I think it 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 really quickly introduces you to the fact that this is a, a social thing with like a big human component, even though it's just. Right. Type it on a keyboard. It doesn't seem like
2: it. It's funny the way they respond to, to your question. They truly didn't, did see the community part of it. I don't think that it wasn't that Malik or Muhammad didn't see the community part of it. I think they were introduced to it as a component. And so they, their idea of the coding and of the programming never. Unincluded. Yeah. It was you know, just the that social. from the start. It was just right? that from the start. Yeah. Um, we build uh, cohorts intentionally. They build their relationships that Muhammad described and the empathy for each other from the start. And so they've never coded in a room alone. They have never approached it as an alone thing. They've always approached it as a part of their community. And we talk about why we do it and a lot of times, Akeem or Landon, part of our program team, will talk about how we intentionally aren't doing this to uh, supply the job market out there, but to inspire these youth to become creators and, and add to society in a way that's a value add and not just another. You know, we love our social media tools. We want to inspire the lives of these young men and make sure that they're creating change within themselves and their communities.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Teaching technology often gets confused with computer skills. You know, I can work with Word or I can surf the internet or whatever. And what we end up with is a lot of people who have computer skills who basically are consumers of technology and not creators. And I think what society needs and would benefit a lot from is having more creators. And you guys are basically... Instilling all the ingredients these guys need to become creators and not just consumers of technology, right? And yeah. more so, more so, not only what
1: we're what we're giving them that environment that they have that they can pull from each other. Like you hear the geniuses talk now, I am part of cohort two. I am part of cohort three. You know, it's not necessarily I used to be. You know, we have a hundred percent retention rate here, and it's a, and it's to the fact where they're always a part of this. like This is always. It's, it's, it's inclusive. So even when they finish their program and they graduate, they are still a part of the Hidden Genius Project. They are still a part of their cohort. I remember the same stigma that you talk about where you would think of that guy in the basement with his computer, and that was what we looked at as computer guys. Yeah, you know. But the way that the environment that they have, like, they're actually pulling from each other's geniuses and each other's strength by being with each other. And so they're always around. And so even when they finish theirs, they come back to actually start mentoring the next cohorts. And now we even have junior educators where we're sending them out to actually not only take the information that they have, but to be able to give that to others. It is a continuous process. So this is something that they weren't just a part of for 15 months. This
0: is a track for their life. That's a really... Great that you guys are doing that. You guys feel like this is something that is ongoing. You know, there's two areas where that kind of resonates a lot, where I feel like it's actually a little bit imbalanced. You know, it's the meritocracy stuff where I said it, a lot of times it's meritocracy, but sometimes it's not. Where it's not are if you go to places like MIT, you have connections to all these people who are starting these companies and have access to all this stuff. If you're in one of these like Y Combinator, Accelerator type places, the cohort that you went through they all stay together and connected and help each other out. And a lot of people, like for me in particular, I didn't have that. I learned programming really well, but I didn't have this social component. And so it feels like you're kind of bringing this really powerful support group and sort of success amplifier to the cohort.
2: It's part of our foundation. Our founders uh, were brought together by a scholarship um, fund that took high school students from all over the country and supplied them with scholarships to Ivy League schools. And those young men, after graduating, two of them came back from Harvard, one from Pittsburgh and one from Compton, and wanted to develop a software company that, or gaming, that taught uh, financial literacy through mobile gaming. And when they came to the Bay Area, right, that's where you're, if you're going to create something, that's where you'd go. The issue was that they could not find any, not any, but they couldn't find the right kind of talent to help create the game from the African-American community. And they thought that was ridiculous, right? You have this heavy African-American population right in the heart of Silicon Valley, and they're not involved. It'd be like going to the Bronx, and you can't find breakdancers, right? Right? This is where rap is, and you don't have any breakdancers. Exactly. right? And we're laughing, but we're laughing the same way. Like, this is ridiculous. And they started, they went out, right? They recruited from their cohort. From the Ron Brown Scholarship. Our founding executive director is a, Brandon Nicholson is a, a recipient of that reward as well. From their cohort, pick the talent and then put together a team that picked kids from off the off the streets, and not in a literal sense, but you know, we grabbed students that were arm reach away and just started bringing them into office early. And while we were creating the game, we were mentoring and teaching the students how. The coding aspect, the entrepreneurial aspect and the leadership aspect that has built into what we see today, five cohorts later, a programs director, a programs coordinator, innovative educators, a solid team of African-American males that have the desire to give back to their communities. If you're founded on that and you hire on that, it's, only, it's so much easier to emit that type of energy so that the students pick up on that and utilize that within the, their own cohorts and their own cells. And you can already see the domino effect being that we're five cohorts deep. Yeah, you guys are five years in now.
0: How many people have been through the program?
2: My goodness, yeah, we're 50 students, 50 kids. And that's in our intensive 15-month cohort. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about the, t- the number of students overall that we've touched, we're in the 1,000. We're
0: We all love Python for its tremendous productivity benefits, but getting the best performance takes some work. But what if you could get out-of-the-box, easy access to high-performance Python? Intel distribution for Python developers delivers just that. Get close to 100 times better performance for certain functions when using NumPy, SciPy, Scikit-learn, linked with the optimized native libraries like Intel Math Kernel Library, access efficient multithreading, and Python projects like Numba and Cython. Try the Intel distribution for Python and experience performance today at talkpython.fm slash intel. And profile your Python and native C, C++ applications for performance hotspots with Intel VTune amplifier. With Intel, it's all about performance.
2: Because outside of what we do in our intensive immersion, we do catalyst programs, one-offs or six-week programs with like-minded organizations or organizations that are mission-aligned. We work with foster kids with the Casey Foundation, and you can see why they wouldn't be able to, that demographic wouldn't be able to participate in a more intensive immersion. But we still debunk and introduce and share the knowledge and the skill base with that demographic. We operate out of uh, Juvenile Justice Hall. We go into the cell blocks of these young men and teach these young men. That's another demographic that is looked over. We work with student athletes as well. Oakland Unified School District, FAM First with Marshawn Lynch, also with the Warriors. We do sports coding, drawing out the analytics.
0: There's a whole data science in sports. that You can go crazy with that, right? right?
2: And so making sure that the students are understanding that technology can meet their passions as well. And so it's not something that's, again, you keep, everybody has that, you know, connotation that coding has to do with a few guys in this dark room, you know, and all you see is monitors. But there's so much that tech touches that these young men need to be exposed to so they can start contributing to society in, in and more of uh, a value and have a value add.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Especially the, the going to the juvenile hall where you're basically helping these guys that maybe have no direction and say, look, here's a... A direction with cool technology that you can go in that will really change your life, possibly, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, they're in there, what, 23 hours a day without any recreation. And then if you've seen a, a jail book cart, it's it, totally... It can't be too engaging, right? can't be too engaging. Yeah. And then, you know, the basketball. And so what are we telling them that they'll be able to do when they get out of here? But once you see that inspiration from after someone has created something, even through scratch... It's hard to bring in, you know, you know, more advanced technologies into the system. Right, but we,
0: you got to build up over time with a real programming language. Right? So we
2: use we use Scratch to introduce them, but just that spark of inspiration, you can't take it back. Yeah, it's true. Once but it's even, lit, you
1: can't take it back. Even that idea of introducing that you can do something different and showing the impact of that, and so it may not be their situation; it might be somebody they notice in the situation. It's the same idea that we introduce and in the emerging program, which is why like, you heard Muhammad say, like, I looked at one of, my, uh, one of my peers, and that gave me the idea for the app that I came across. The fact that you can actually make a difference. A lot of times, you have ideas, but you just don't know what to do with them or how to go forth with them, and this is showing a path that you can actually make a difference and you can actually affect your community. We had one of our alums come back,
2: and he talked about when people pass on, and usually we expect our loved ones or people who have died in the past to surround our bedside. He said, what if you saw your opportunities and your ideas around your bedside, that the ones that you didn't bring to life? And what if they were crying out to you because you didn't push forward and do what you needed to do to bring them forward? It's a powerful ta- visualization, yeah. It's mind-blowing. And so with that, as a staff, as a cohort, we kind of strive to make sure that those ideas and those opportunities aren't crying by our bedsides when we pass on. We don't die with those great ideas. Yeah,
0: we're so often concerned about taking a chance or trying something new and not being good at it or failing or whatever. But it's really the regrets are the things you look back on like, why didn't I try this rather than, oh, I tried and failed and I just tried something else later, right? So it's amazing. So I'm going to bring it back to these guys, but I have one more question for you two before I do. How do people get started? Like, especially in sort of two angles to this. In Oakland, if guys are listening, they want to be part of this program. What do
2: they do? Go to our website, www.hiddengeniusproject.org. You can apply online. All our contacts are listed on our website. Is, so, is there a fee? No, there's no fee. Actually, That's awesome. the kids get to get to enjoy each other and not have to worry about the pressures of fees or anything of that nature. We try to keep the barrier to entry as low as possible. We want to inspire lives. We're not in it. Definitely not in it for the money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. And if people are listening other cities going, I'd like to do this myself, you got any advice for them or any way they can get started? Yeah, contact us. Contact us.
2: Contact contact at hiddengeniusproject.org. Our program's team and director is eagerly awaiting. We want to get across the country. We want to be in a city near you. The problems and the issues that these young men are facing – are the same, and we want to inspire opportunities to all of these young men throughout our nation.
1: I think it's, it's extremely important that we collaborate and we work together. So any other cities, definitely reach out. A lot of times what we do is we start up all these organizations, we start up all these names, and we all start pulling from the same resources. And then we end up pulling against each other. So with that being said, what we're doing, we expect it to be across the nation and we're willing to be able to be a part of that in any city. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, very cool. So if you're out there listening and this sounds like a great idea, you want to be part of it, reach out to these guys. I'll put the links in all the show notes so they can, they can get to them. All right, let me ask you guys a couple of questions about the conference here. So you get to come to this conference. There's like 3,000 people in this yeah. great hall, just <laughs> totally geeking out about technology. What's your impression of this conference?
4: Like, Well, this is my first conference at PyCon. First impression, it's a big thing. Being able to come together as coders, you know, coders from all over the world to come into a conference and to discuss ideas. These are where I always like to go by this quote where it goes by, it says that small minds discuss people, average minds discuss events, and great minds discuss ideas. And I think this is what we're doing here. We're collecting moments, not things. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. I, that's it's amazing.
0: Awesome. I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. That's a great quote. Yeah,
3: Malik? The first thing I thought was it was pretty cool that I like, I saw a lot of stuff that I recognized here, right? Like a lot of stuff that I've actually used over the course of like all the things that I've done in like coding and stuff. And I just, I just thought it was cool. Like I could really see myself one day with my own business or my own project just setting up shop, you know, here at PyCon or any other real convent- coding convention and just talking about the stuff that I'm working on. All that stuff. Like, I'm just really enjoying it. You know, like you said, everyone's just here geeking out. And so I just came
0: here to geek out with them. Yeah, we're definitely taking it to another level and geeking out. It's awesome. I, I love coming here every year. This portion of Talk Python to Me is brought to you by Hired. Hired is the platform for top Python developer jobs. Create your profile and instantly get access to thousands of companies who will compete to work with you. Take it from one of Hired's users who recently got a job and said, I had my first offer within four days, and I ended up getting eight offers in total. I've worked with recruiters in the past, but they were pretty hit and miss. I tried LinkedIn, but I found Hired to be the best. I really like knowing the salary up front, and privacy was also a huge seller for me. Well, that sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? But wait until you hear about the signing bonus. Everyone who accepts a job from Hired gets a $300 signing bonus. And as Talk Python listeners, it gets even sweeter. Use the link talkpython.fm slash hired, and Hired will double the signing bonus to $600. Opportunity is knocking. Visit talkpython.fm slash hired and answer the door. That's so inspiring. Do you feel like seeing these companies and these libraries and the people who create them that you already know and use, do you feel like, wow, I'm like more of this community already than I realized?
3: Do you get
4: yeah.
0: A little bit of effect yeah. like that? Or?
4: Yeah,
3: yeah definitely have that effect on it you know okay
4: i would say that as well just going to different exhibits and seeing i use certain websites and i see the actual them setting up here and actually talking about it and yeah, being able yeah. These to meet are the them guys that build like, it are the like that build you're it. here so that's that's really awesome being able to connect with them and, and learn that, from them yeah and that and that speaks volumes to more of what you were talking
3: about like the social aspect like it's real like it's a real community Right? Technology and coding and all of that. And that's another thing that's really at the center of the Hidden Genius Project, is really trying to not only just create that community, but making sure that we also give back to the community in any way possible. Which so that's, that's really why we have the lens that we have with creating these you know, technologies and stuff. The community problem that I was trying to solve was recidivism. Right? In my app, Hire, which stands for Helping Inmates Reach Employment. And so it's, it's just a database, a list of jobs that's open specifically for people who were once incarcerated. And so that's that was really targeting, you know, like, Muhammad got his idea for his app from a friend. I got mine, really, from my uncle, who's actually serving upstate right now in prison. And I was So, again, up,
0: another one of these things in your life, you're like, here's a problem that I really wish I could solve. And I bet I could solve it for a lot of people, not just...
3: Right, right. And so, yeah, and just the Hidden Genius Project just gives us a real platform to really try and solve those problems, right? Using technology or even
0: just helping us become creative enough to find other ways to try and solve it, right? Yeah. I think one of the really powerful things is I think it's awesome that they're teaching entrepreneurship. And if you guys have businesses, that's like, that's like the peak, right? That's like awesome. Yeah. But I think. Programming and giving you guys this creative programming skill in this background of like, these are problems. I just, I can go solve them is no matter what you do. If you go into biology, if you go into music, whatever, like you can take these skills and just amplify whatever you are. I guess I'm saying this more for people listening. It's like, it's, we don't need 10 million more programmers. We need 10 million more creators. And some of those are code. Some of those are. Amplifying with code or whatever, right? Yeah.
4: I would say that for me right now, just based on where my focus is, you know, looking into I'm really into like international relations, you know, diplomacy. Um being able to adapt technology into that, you know. I work with the nonprofit, Project Feed Yemen, and we're helping mm-hmm. to combat the starvation in Yemen, malnourished kids, to fund that country. I'm from Yemen. But the whole thing is being able to adapt technology. So I'm using technology to build a website, you know, for Project VDM and connect with other mentors who need help building their website, plan their website, you know. So having that outside lens through creating different things.
0: That's really awesome. That's really awesome. So we probably should wrap it up. They're starting to do presentations over there, and it's going to be loud on our microphone. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you guys one question. Parting question before we wrap this up. Uh, maybe two. <laughs> so people out there listening who maybe are not in one of these programs, they want to get started, maybe they don't know anybody in their community who's doing this, but they're like, I really want to be an engineer or developer. Like, What advice do you have for them? What would you say to that person? Go fish. <laughs> that's one,
3: that's like Sean mentioned earlier, that's one thing that um, is really taught in Hidden Geniuses. We're never really spoon-fed information, right? And that's one thing that you should never really seek to actually be is just given information you need to know how to go find it yourself and um that's part of really being a coder it's another thing that i learned in jeans that coders are actually pretty lazy yeah yeah so at this like everything is online (laughs) there'll always be something that you can get from the internet right in order to learn for yourself in order to teach yourself in that aspect, and like you said, the the barrier to entry is very low for becoming a coder as well.
0: Yeah, it's right? lower than people think. I, yeah, I'll yeah, attempt. a lot,
3: lot lower than people think. So it's just try and find a way to go fish. Get the information yourself. You can teach yourself, or you could come join the Hidden Genius Project yeah. if you want to. Yeah,
0: yeah you can also do that. Or if, if you're not here, try to get one started, right? If you're, right, If you're somewhere right. where it's not. Mohammed, how about you?
4: I agree with what he said, you know, going being able to have that access going out to fish. But I think it all goes to back to yourself, you know. Whoever the individual is, being to teach your own self. So go out, you know, go explore. It's an open field. Technology's so big nowadays. It's early
0: days. Even though it looks like it's all well-formed, there's so many things to create. Yeah, you, yeah,
4: yeah. Yep, definitely.
0: All right. Well, Mohammed and Malik, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having so much. Thank you for having us. You so yeah, it's having been great. Us. Appreciate bye, it. All right.
4: thank, thank you. Bye.
0: This has been another episode of Talk Python to Me. Today's guests have been Sean Valentine and Landon Miller, who work at the Hidden Genius Project, and Muhammad Abdullah and Malik Poole, who recently graduated from the program. This episode has been sponsored by Intel and hired the Intel distribution for Python delivers the high-performance Intel C libraries built right into Python. Get close to a hundred times better performance for certain functions. When using numpy scipy and scikit learn, check them out at talkpython.fm slash Intel hired wants to help you find your next big thing. Visit talkpython.fm slash hired to get five or more offers with salary and equity presented right up front and a special listener signing bonus of $600. Are you or your colleagues trying to learn Python? Well, be sure to visit training.talkpython.fm. We now have year-long course bundles and a couple of new classes released just this week. Have a look around. I'm sure you'll find a class you'll enjoy. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Open your favorite podcatcher and search for Python. We should be right at the top. You can also find the iTunes feed at slash iTunes, Google Play feed at slash play, and direct RSS feed at slash RSS on TalkPython.fm. Our theme music is Developers, Developers, Developers by Corey Smith, who goes by Smix. Corey just recently started selling his tracks on iTunes, so I recommend you check it out at TalkPython.fm slash music. You can browse his tracks he has for sale on iTunes and listen to the full-length version of the theme song. This is your host, Michael Kennedy. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Smix, let's get out of here.
1: Stating with my voice, there's no norm that I can feel within. Having been sleeping, I've been using lots of rest. I'll pass the mic back to who rocked his best. Oh, first You guys. <laughs> there you go. He's good. Woo.